Welcome back to the multi-channel reseller podcast. This is Joshua Esters and I'm back again with another episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, if you are a longtime listener and thanks to all the new folks who are just joining this being their first episode. Thank you so much for joining. And um, before we get started real quick, um, let's talk about how to reach me. So if you want to reach out to me, my line of communication right now is my email address or one of my email addresses rather. And that is multichannelpodcast at gmail.com. And if you have questions, comments, uh, podcast topics, and specifically, I want people to um, reach out to me about this particular episode. And I'll get into that um, when the time comes uh, later in the episode. <clears throat> so I want to get straight to this thing. You know, let's get straight to this episode. So this episode is about building your personal credit score. Um, you're going to need good credit. You know, you're going to need good credit if you're going to be in business. And, uh, and, and if you don't have good credit, yeah, you, you, you can, you know, partner with someone who has good credit, uh, but it, it will require for you to partner with somebody. They would have to, they would have to trust you. So yeah, it is an extra step to getting the, uh, getting the credit that you need or getting the loans and credit lines that you need. It's an added step for those folks who may not have the best credit, um, but it's still possible for you to get the things, get the, get the credit that you need. Um, but it, you know, it'd take, it'll take a different step than someone who already has good credit, right? So even if you don't have the best credit, this still can put you on the path to getting better or having a better credit score. Um, now there's a lot of folks out there, you know, who believe in the, uh, decentralized finance, the DeFi stuff. Um, and if you're not familiar with that, don't worry about that. It's not, uh, it's something that may never happen. You know, it, it's something that may never be mainstream rather, not that it may never happen. It, it is happening right now on a small scale, but just in case that never goes full scale and it's a possibility that it will not, we're going to stick to the basics and the basics and what's been, um, uh, in existence uh, up until this point is the credit score, right? You're, you're measured, you know, uh, by banks, by life insurance companies, by, um, uh, a, a, a variety of different, um, companies, uh, use a credit score or some type of, or some type of scoring method, uh, related to credit score to, um, measure your ability to, um, you know, do business with, right? So right now that's, that, that's the credit score model, the DeFi stuff, that crypto stuff, that's good to learn and find out about, but that's what not, that's not what this episode is about. It's about the stuff that we know that that's going to be around and that's more than likely going to continue to be around, which is having, or being, um, being, you know, being measured at least on a financial, uh, as from a, from a financial aspect being measured by a credit score. Okay. So, um, so you want to score, right? You want to score a good score, a score that is 800, you know, you know, and, and, and the thing is, uh, depending on the times, you know, different credit scores are better than others. Like at, 
you know, a couple of years ago, maybe a 700, 720 credit score means a lot. But nowadays, a 720 doesn't mean that much, you know, maybe a 760, maybe a 780, you know, more because there's more people um, who are getting hip to the game and there are more there are more people coming, you know, coming into the system with very good credit. They have to um, raise the bar. Right. Uh, a lot of people have this knowledge and a lot of people have good credit. So they're raising the bar. So. Um, just like at one point, high school diploma was the bar, right? And then a lot of people got high school diplomas. The next bar is the college degree. Now that's becoming more worthless. And, uh, the next thing would be the masters. And, um, it's, it's argument, it, 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 uh, and it's, it's arguably, uh, worthless as well. Um, I'm sure people can argue against and for that. And real quick, I need to, I forgot to um, pull up this article, I guess you can say it is, that I wanted to go over in this podcast, uh, where'd it go? Mm, I had it up yesterday. Um, give me one second. Okay. Come on, let's get to this. Let's get to this. I think this is it. No, this is not it. Okay, so yeah, so um, I'm going to try to find this and talk at the same time. So, um, so yeah, so you want to have um, a good score nowadays is about... Um, 760, you know, 740 is good too. 740 is really good. But 760, 780, getting close to the 800, you know. And um and uh yeah. And you know, these days you can have a credit score all the way up to 900. Um, there's some credit scores, some credit score models that go up to um 850 and then some that go up to 900 all right cool so i found the article <clears throat> so yeah so i'm going to break down the uh the six different the six different things that impact your credit score and if you know these things you can strategize you know from your point of view from where you are everybody's credit um situation is different and once I break these down, you have an understanding of how to move forward in developing a good credit score. Okay. Now that's what I want people um, to, 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 to harken back on what I was saying before about reaching out to me. Now, if you have a, you know, I, I can't, you know, I can't go over all the different scenarios that will help every single body on getting a better credit score. So if you have something very specific, you know, a, ve a very specific situation that you want me to review or you want me to give you feedback on, on, on your specific situation, your credit situation and how you can better your situation, reach out to me. Okay. Reach out to me. Okay. At multi channel podcast at gmail.com. Everything spelled normal multi channel podcast at gmail.com you know no hyphens no 
dashes, no nothing. Everything's spelled normally. So reach out to me if you uh, if you want to do that. Um, yeah. So um, <clears throat> let's get into it. Got the Coke Zero. All right. Let me get a little sip of this real quick. You know, got to get a little sip of this real quick. Wake me up. Um, all right, so, all right, so yeah, like I said, there's there's six things that um, that impact your credit score or affect your credit score. Now these these are things that you can um, learn about on credit Credit Karma. So if you have a Credit Karma account, or if you don't have a Credit Karma account, uh, Credit Karma, excuse me. Um, if you, if you don't have one already, get a credit karma account. It's free. And, um, you can look at these different factors there. Okay. Um, I'm going to kind of just elaborate on, on some of them, or I'm, I'm going to elaborate on them, make a few more points in addition to what's already available there to you. Um, I recommend credit credit karma. Um, it's for me. It's more so I, I use it. I don't use it for the score, and I'll get into that later on. Uh, I use it just to kind of keep up with um, what's happening on my credit and on my wife's credit. Uh, I actively manage both of those, and um, just making sure that you know what's supposed to be on the credit report is on the credit report. So I kind of use it for, um, for monitoring and kind of checking to make sure what's on there is supposed to be on there. I, I check it regularly. Um, and, um, yeah, so we'll get into the, you know, the score and how that, how that works on, on credit karma. But another thing you can do is, um, if you go to annual, creditreport.com so that's annual like yearly annualcreditreport.com annualcreditreport.com if you go there you are uh, entitled to one free copy of your credit report from each of the three credit bureaus okay so um um so yeah you get a copy of your credit report for free one from each credit bureau and, um, and, and you get, you get one, you know, every year. So you get one from each credit bureau every single year. And it's a good place to, um, you know, if you don't know what's on your, you know, you want to check on, you know, you want to make sure, you know, you want to check, you want to check your credit report. Um, and, um, yeah, make sure what's on there is supposed to be on there. And then what's not on there you know, dispute it. It's always good. It's been a while since I actually um, requested a copy of my full credit report. I haven't ha needed to um, because I check my credit regularly. Um, however, you know, if you have a credit karma account, you will notice that um, you don't see your, you know, they don't keep up with the uh, credit bureau Experian. Okay. Experian is, um, um, is a, a credit bureau and um and to me in my opinion i think it's one of the most important ones and um so if you do need to um uh, i i would recommend you know pulling at least your experian credit report on a yearly basis um 
I, I would recommend that because each credit bureau, they, they don't read, you know, things aren't, re, things may not be reported the same way, right? So that even though there's three credit bureau, credit bureaus, you know, what's on one credit bureau could be different from the other one, right? Um, some lenders, you know, they make mistakes, you know, and I've, I've seen it firsthand. Um, I, I used to work with um, a lender, you know, and there was a protocol for when they make mistakes, how they can take things off of your credit report and things like that. But they may report something to, you know, Experian differently than they report to TransUnion, let's say. OK, so. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's that's something you can use annualcreditreport.com for is to pull your Experian at least. And, you know, I would um maybe look into the Experian. Um, I think, oh, you know, recently they may have, um, you know, uh, have like a free service or something like that or an app or something like that. You can download, maybe track your credit report that way. I haven't checked. I don't know. But you can look that up. I know over the years, you know, you've seen commercials and things like that for Experian when before that they they didn't have anything. The only way to get your Experian credit report is through, you know, either requesting one through Experian directly or annualcreditreport.com. Um, but yeah, you can look into that if uh, if you want to get down and dirty with that. All right. So. So there's six six things that impact your credit your credit report or your credit score excuse me so you have um let me see so one two three four five six yeah okay so you have um payment history okay uh credit card usage Okay, derogatory marks. And those three things right there, so payment history, credit card usage, and derogatory marks, those uh, are uh, very, those, those have high, high impact. Those are labeled as high impact. So those are the most, uh, you know, most of the weight of your credit score is going to go to, go to those three things. Now there's a medium impact um, factor and that is credit age okay and then there's lower impact lower impact there's two lower impact that are that is a uh, total accounts you know total accounts opened and closed all um, together and then also inquiries right so those two are the lowest okay so you have three high impact one medium impact and two low impact i'm gonna go through each one all right so the first one the most important is payment history okay payment history so what's considered good payment history so good payment history is when um good payment history is when you have 99 percent of your payments on time okay so if you uh to 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 categorize something as an online uh, on time payment is when you have a payment that does not go over thirty days. So even if you let's say miss the due date on a credit card, for example, okay. So let's say your due date is on the twenty fourth, 
and you don't pay on the 24th. You pay on the 29th. Yes, you will get a late fee from the credit card company, okay, or the bank. But they will not report you late, okay, until you're over 30 days, okay? So when you're over 30 days, that's when they can report you as late, okay? Now, they will, they will charge you a late, late fee, but you're not late in credit bureau terms, okay? You are late. Don't, don't, don't get confused. You're, you are late contractually, but you're not credit bureau late, all right? So if 99% if of your payments are not late, you know, not 30 days over, you're in good standing. Excellent standing is 100% of your payments. 100% of your payments. And, um, you know, in, in 98, they're, they're very strict on this. Like, this, this is not nothing to play with, okay? So your payment history has to be pristine. You know, 99% and above is better. Okay, and you know the the thing about credit is you have to understand is um, a lot a lot of a lot of things you you can you can maximize, but at a certain point you won't be able to maximize your credit any further than you can already, because what's uh, it, it, the major factor is time, okay, time, right? So if you're making payments, for example, let's say you you know you've made uh, ten payments. On something like your, your credit report only shows 10 payments you have one payment that's over 30 days late okay so now you're 90 percent you're at 90 percent and that's very bad very bad for your credit score so you may be looking at a credit score about you know 600 you know what i'm saying just 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 like that you know you can go from at a very good credit score from 100 payments uh, 100 percent payments but say, say that 10th payment you made over 30 days late, that would tank your credit score very bad. Now, over time, if you keep making payments on whatever, it doesn't have, doesn't have to be the same credit card, but it's just payments, right? If you're making more payments over the years, that percentage starts to increase and increase and increase. You will never be at 100%. You know, it's not possible anymore. If you miss a payment and you go uh, above 99, if you, if you miss a payment and you go above, uh, um, further than 30 days, you will never be 100% in that payment history category. Never. So your, your, your credit score will not be the best it can possibly be, but you can make up for it in other areas. But you can get to 99%. You can get to 99%, and that's with time, with time and payments, okay? So, you know, make sure you're thinking about that. Um, so there's, you can, you can go 30 days late and then don't forget there's 60 days late and then 90 days late and then 120. So it goes by 30, uh, 30 days. The further out you get, the, the worse it gets for you. You can pretty much say goodbye to your credit. Um, if you start going 90 days late and 120 days late and, um, that's not good. You know, now you can make up for it in other areas, but then you have to wait a a long time for your credit score to really be good and there may be like if you're like 90 days late on something uh, let's say a mortgage for example 120 days late on a mortgage even a credit card at some point let's say if you go apply for a um, another mortgage at some point they're going to ask you about that they're going to make you write a statement or something or they're going to dig deeper into that so um opposed a, a to someone else who did not have that situation you know there may be no questions asked 
and then they may be automatically approved. You know, all things equal, all things equal. But payment history is the most important. So that's why you have to make sure you're making your payments on time. Okay. Um, I went out, uh, very early in my uh, credit career or whatever you want to say, my credit, my, you know, my time having credit, I had one 30 day late. I had a 30 day late. It was like my second, my first, my very first or second payment. But even afterwards, I still maintained, and this was a while ago. So, you know, this is when, you know, having a credit score in the 700s was good. I still maintain a very good credit score because of other factors, you know, because I made on-time payments and there's other factors that I'm going to get into, these other areas that I did well on, okay? So just because you miss one payment that's 30 days late or even a 90-day late, you know, you know, don't, you know, you know, you know, don't panic, you know. Now, if you're 120 days late, it may be a different story. But don't panic if you're 30, 60, 90 days. And you didn't you didn't you didn't know about this information. Don't don't panic. But just don't spiral into just having worse, worse, and worse and worse credit, doing things to sabotage your own credit just because you already think you sabotage your credit already. When you're not necessarily you may not necessarily have sabotaged your credit already. It's just, okay, you got that ding. Let's work on some of the other areas of your uh these these other areas that I'm gonna get into to maximize your credit score as best you can. All right, so the next thing is credit card usage. So credit card usage is the percentage of credit used versus credit available. Now, this is total credit, right? So if you have... Um, you have two credit cards and they're both $5,000 credit limit. And let's say you, um, you used, um, you only use one credit card. So one credit card has zero, uh, a zero balance. And the other credit card has a $1,000 balance. So your credit card usage is 10%. All right. So the credit card usage on one on that one credit card is 20 percent. But they're talking about the total credit limit that you have versus uh, not versus, but a total credit usage, the total balance versus the total credit limit. Now, that's where they're calculating the usage from. All right. They're weighing now the the impact is coming from your percentage on a per card basis. All right. So you may have a 10 percent usage. Right. You only have a thousand dollar balance on your total credit of 10,000 on, on, on two credit cards together. But your 20 percent usage on one credit card they're going to take that in and and use that to weigh where you are on the usage so if you look at your usage usage they'll give you they'll give you the, per, the percentage they're just giving you the, the correct percentage the percentage is balance total balance over total limit so total balance divided by total limit but they're going to weigh the score 
based on how you're using a, on a per card basis. What's your credit usage on a per card basis? So you may think like, oh, okay. So um, I have a balance of, you know, 5,000. You know, I used, I used one credit card of 5,000. And my balance is 5,000. My limit is 5,000. However, I have another credit card that's had a zero balance. And that limit is 5,000 as well. You're at a 50% usage but you're at a 100% usage on one credit card and that will tank your score. That will tank your score. Okay. So what the credit bureaus like to see is under 30%. Okay. Under 30% total usage, but you want to be under 30% of your total limit per card. You know, if you're looking to maximize your credit score, Right. So if you're looking to maximize your credit score to purchase a car or to, you know, you know, get financing for a car, a house, etc. Um, that's what you want to keep in mind. Now, things happen, you know. Things happen and you may have to, um, you know, max out a card a, a once in a while for whatever reason. You know, I've done it many times. But I'm not looking, I wasn't looking to apply for anything. So it didn't matter, you know what I'm saying? And um, that could be a situation, you know, it could be a situation. So when it comes down to credit score, you know, you don't want to get, you don't want to drive, you don't want to drive yourself too crazy. You want to understand how these things work. So when it's time or when you anticipate you're going to apply for credit, you can, you know, put yourself in the best position. But if you're not looking to do anything, you know, you can, you, you know, understand how you're moving and try to move that maximizes your credit score at all times. But things happen, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, anyways, moving on. Derogatory remarks is the third high impact. Um, it's the third high impact factor for your credit score derogatory marks is bankruptcies collections civil judgments you know from lawsuits and things like that those affect your score very very much um it's high impact right so bankruptcy and they have all these different um you may you may come across an information that says, hey, you know, a bankruptcy stays on your credit report for seven years or something like that, right? You know, um, the thing about credit and the information out there about credit is it's not static, okay? So there, there's a lot of information about, you know, oh, you know, um, tax liens, right? Tax liens. Uh, I was looking at looking that up recently and um, supposedly those do not appear on your credit report anymore. You know, um, I've, I've saw many sources that said that and I'm going to believe it's true um, until I see otherwise. And um, <clears throat> but this one, this one really bothers me a little bit, the bankruptcy thing, because see, when I was uh, in, in, 
my background, my, my professional background, I guess you could say, not a, not a professional background, I guess my job, W-2 background, is in banking. So um, I, I worked at a retail bank, worked at a few retail banks, worked in the mortgage industry for a little bit, and um, and I've seen quite a few things. You know, I, I remember this guy, I did a uh, mortgage application for and he had a bankruptcy from 20 years ago. And the the, uh, the bank I was working with denied him. Denied him because of his bankruptcy. And he was, he I think he wanted to like refinance with cash out or something like that. So I forgot exactly what the scenario was. I think he wanted to refi for, for cash out. I, that was something a lot of people were doing back then. Um, this may have been what 2000, 2000, maybe 15, 2016, maybe there was still a lot of uh refi cash out refis going on around that time. Interest rates were very, very low. Um, <clears throat> but anyways, uh, and I was like, you know, that that's very perplexing perplexing is that a word <laughs> but i was very perplexed i know that's a word but um i was i was perplexed because i was like what well, you know that's that's kind of strange man like like what like and he was upset i mean i would have been upset too <laughs> you know lenders are different you know that's that's one thing that's that's tricky about credit scores lenders are different we're going to get into that too uh, um we're going to you know May it may have been something that I should have brought up at the be at the beginning, but it's fine. We will get to credit score, like the actual credit score, where it comes from, who uses it, and um, so on and so forth. But anyways, let's let's keep going. So credit age, okay? Credit age is a medium impact to your credit score. Credit age, okay? Um, if there's anybody out there, you know, fresh out of high school or anything like that. Uh, they need a credit card. Now, the problem is, right, you know, it's like, oh, you know, um, you people, you know, the, the fear is they may not be responsible, right? Um, I wasn't completely responsible. I, I, the thing was like, I was, I ended up getting, I ended up getting like a store credit card and I didn't really, you know, the sales, you know, the thing about you know the salespeople, they don't sometimes they don't they don't really communicate well about what they're trying to get you to do, and I didn't understand what they were doing. I just knew that I was going to get some uh, some clothes while I was buying my wife a dress. Well, uh, my girlfriend at the time, so uh, I was buying her something from Macy's, and they I you know I don't know what they said exactly, but I never had a credit card before that. Um, and then, you know, I say, oh, you know, if you get this card, it'd be $10, it'd be 50, 50% off or something like that. Right. So it was something like that. If you get this card, it'd be 50% off. I didn't, but they never really tell you like it's an actual credit card unless you kind of like, you know, sometimes like when I'm, when I'm in these stores, like Target, for example, and they, they ask you if you want that red card, like I, I understand it's a credit card now, but if I didn't really know about credit cards, 
you know, I wouldn't have known probably it was a credit card. Like I like like my situation, you know, with this Macy's incident. So I ended up getting the credit card. I ended up signing for a credit card. I didn't really know. Um, and then I got these. I got this bill, and I was like, oh, what was this bill? You know. And then you know, I became thirty days late on it. And then I was like, you know what? I think I need to pay this. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So I paid it, and then that was my introduction to credit. You know. So I learned very quickly, even though it uh, still was three days late, it was it was it happened early, right? So that's why my credit score was um, pretty good even later on because there was there was a lot of time that went went um, a lot of time that went uh, past since that thirty days late, and I've made more payments. I've I've uh, increased my payment percentage, you know. So um, now if that would have happened towards the, you know a year later or uh, two years later after establishing credit and I missed that payment, it may have affected my score a little bit differently because there's not a lot of time since having that missed payment, right? But that missed payment happened early on. So I was able to maintain a good uh, credit score even a couple of years, you know, a couple of years after that. But anyways, so, um, so yeah, you, it's good to have, you know, have a credit card you know, fresh out. I mean, you know, I, my, 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 you know, I was, I was against having a credit card when I graduated high school because, you know, my mom had bad credit and, you know, she always talked bad, you know, talked down about, um, you know, credit cards and things like that. And, um, so I just kind of like, you know, I was, you know, hearing her talk about it. I didn't know anything about it beforehand. So I was like, okay, well, you know, I get these offers and stuff in the mail when I was fresh 18 or whatever. And I was shredding, you know, just shredding, whatever. And then, um, and then I realized like, you know, I, I need to, and I got more, you know, into finance and personal finance and things like that, which was, wasn't too long after that. I was like, okay, I need to get into this more. I need to understand this more. I need to get credit. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's the best thing to do is have a credit card uh you know fresh out of high school what a lot of people do and here's something you can do too if you are see when i was 18 i was um even before then you know i was saving maybe since i was about 15 16 i was an adult already you know i was paying for you know paying my my way through life already so um, I didn't have any um, anybody looking out for me on the financial aspect. Um, I was paying my way through life already. So, but but what what I learned what a lot of uh, parents do is they um, they get their kids on a um, you know get them to become an authorized user, their kids to become an authorized user on their credit card, right? And you know that's that's a good idea too. That that works just as well. You don't have to um, have a credit card already under your name, and you don't you don't have to apply for their credit card already. You can become an authorized user of someone else's credit card. Okay, and um, that's cool too. You know that's cool if parents do that. Um, that'll help establish their kid's credit score. You know right out of um, um, high school. Or when they turn eighteen, rather, and um, and you don't you don't have to. They don't even have to know, you know. They don't have to know, and they don't even have to have the card. You can you know have the card shipped to you. You can tread it, right? Until you until you until you know that they can you know um, 
you know, until you believe that they're ready to have a credit card. But if you do believe they're ready to have a credit card, you know, you, you monitor it with them, right? You get them the authorized user, um, uh, make them authorized user, give them the card, show them how to spend it, show them how to pay for it. You know, if you if you're if you're monitoring the situation and you're showing them how to do it, you know, that's cool. But if you don't, for for one reason or the other, you don't think they're ready or you don't feel like going over it with them, you can make them become an authorized user without it, without them even knowing and shred the card and they will be, they would establish credit right then and there. Now, this is important for credit age because um, um, the earlier you establish credit, the better your credit is down the line. So if you uh, have a, um, if you have credit history of seven to eight years, that's considered good. That uh, you know, that's considered good for your credit. And um, excellent, <clears throat> excuse me, excellent is considered nine years or more. Okay, so if you have nine years of credit history. Or, excuse me, not credit history, credit age. So let me first establish what credit age is. It's basically is how old, um, let's see, how do I, how do I put this in, in, in a sentence? Okay. Um, I, I can, I can explain it better in example than I can just, you know, in a, in a statement. So if you have a credit card, you're 18 and that's your only credit card, for example. And then you're 28. Your credit age is 10 years. Okay. Now let's, let's let, listen to this real quick. So let's say you establish a credit card at 18. And then 10 years later, you're 28. You get another credit card. Your credit age is now five years. So it's the total amount of it's the it's the it's the, it's the total months. The total months, and this is for credit lines, right? This is not for loans. This is for credit lines. So that's credit cards and and lines of credit. So if you have a open credit card, in this perf in this example, at eighteen, and then you apply and get approved and open a new credit card or credit line when you're 28 your credit age is five years it's the total amount of months that you've had a open credit line divided by the number of credit lines all right so in the example that i gave you know 10 years is 120 months right 120 months at 28 if you kept that one card and didn't apply for another one and didn't get approved for another one and or, or didn't open another credit card so 120 months divided by divided by one credit line is 120 that's 10 years so same example at 28 10 years later you decide to open a second credit line so it's 120 months divided by two credit lines that's 60 60 is five years so just like that you go from excellent excellent is nine years or more 10 
okay, 10, 10, 10 years, and um, um, uh, fair, fair, I didn't go over this, but fair is five to six years, so what's considered fair is five to six years, what's considered good is seven to eight years, and what's considered excellent is nine plus years, all right, so you go from excellent to good, just like that. So that's why it's important to establish credit early, credit cards rather, or lines of credit early, and and try to get the best one that you could possibly get. Okay, so if you care about um, like your first credit card, you don't want it to be a low interest, zero percent. You know, for eighteen, twenty four months or whatever that stuff is, right? And the reason why I say that is because most of those cards do not give you cash back and rewards. So whenever you have a 0% for a a very long time um, credit cards, those are generally no rewards, no no cash back, no points rewards. Because that is the, is the, uh, the... the benefit the benefit is the zero percent and after the zero percent you have a relatively lower interest rate uh for a credit card you know relative to a cashback card or a points back card so that's the benefit that you're trading off you're trading off you're trading the cash back and the points for zero percent for 18 24 months whatever it is right and a low interest rate after that relatively low interest rate now, if you don't get that card, if you don't get a 0% card, which I don't recommend because you don't need it. Because zero, 0%, zero you want to you do that stuff when you're doing like a you know, balance transfer, right? Or if you're, you know, or if you're, you know, I'm not recommending this, but I'm saying like if you're, if you're out there taking risks at business ventures and you want something 0% to, you know, to, to handle that. Um, I've done that a, a few times, you know, um, you know, that's, that's something to, to consider. Don't recommend it, but that's something to, to consider. You have to have a real reason to have 0% is my point, but you want to get through like a cashback card, something where you're getting two, 5% back, you know, maybe in different categories. You got to really look into this stuff because you don't want to keep a keep getting new credit cards. I mean, you you probably like there's a lot of information out there about, about about how to get all these credit cards and how to use all these points to travel and how to get all these cash back to do all this and all these creative techniques. You got people with 20 credit cards. You can go online and see all that stuff. I mean, honestly, it's not necessary. And it's messing with your credit age. It's not high impact, it's medium impact. So I, I understand that. But it's the only medium impact uh, factor to, to that affects your credit. And to have a whole bunch of credit cards is not good. You want to have a credit card. You know, some ca- I, I like cash back. I like to do cash back. And I like, you know, what's very popular or very well known is, you know, cash back in certain categories, right? 
So you get, you know, I get 2% off at grocery stores or whatever. And then, you know, 3% off at restaurants. I go to restaurants. I do, uh, um, I do grocery shopping, right? So I, I actually spend money in these categories, right? And then, you know, um, for, uh, online service, uh, what is it? Online services is 1.5, 2% back, whatever it is, you know, that's, that's the, that's the kind of credit card you can get where there's extra cash, not extra cash back, where there's different cash back for different categories where you actually spend money, right? So, um, like I have a card, like my, my, uh, my credit card, you know, I get, you know, I think it's like 2% back on, it's 1% on everything outside of the categories, but it's like 2% back on groceries, 2% back on, um, like, uh, subscription services like Netflix and all that stuff. So I have all that stuff, you know, you know, I have Netflix and Disney plus and all that stuff. Like I get, um, like 2% cash back or something like that on, on that kind of stuff. And then 1% on regular stuff that's the situation you want to be in or you know there's other cards where you can get like oh it's just two percent or 1.5 percent cash back on every single thing instead of having different categories you want to sit down and actually go over this stuff and try to figure it out but you know don't spend too much time on it it's not really much there to it if you don't really spend money like that um which may be the case when you're 18 years old that's cool too don't don't just get something that's one percent, one point five percent cash back on every single thing, you know. Um, but yeah, when you have a you know a life with all these different expenses and these different categories, sure you want to explore what I'm what I'm exploring. But yeah, so that's like a starter credit card, you know. And um, and then later on in life, you know, when you level up, you know, you get the black cards and all the you know the the Amex and all that stuff, right? That's later on. You don't need that stuff right now, you know. Um, but just something basic, you know, you know, and, um, yeah. So credit age, don't go out applying for a lot of different credit, credit cards and, uh, credit lines. Now here's the, here's the good thing though. If you, uh, close your credit lines, right? You need to be strategic in that too, because if you close the wrong credit line, it will mess up your credit age. Okay. So if you're going to close a credit line, you're going to close the newest one. So you can, you, like, for example, that, that person who got a credit card at 18, 10 years later, they open a new credit card. Now, they, if, say, for example, they didn't know that they were messing with their credit age. They went from 10 years to five years. Now, they can say, oh, okay, I'm going to um, go ahead and close that new credit card that I got at 28, right? And then their credit age goes back to 10 years. Now, the wrong thing to do is to close your oldest account. You don't want to close that account that you opened at 18 because now your credit age is a month or two because you just got that credit card when you're, you know, 10 years later, you're 28 now, you just got a new credit card. Your credit age is now zero. You're pretty much starting over, you know? So you, you, so you don't want to close your oldest cards. You want to keep your oldest cards open. And another thing too, like um, 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 one of my early... You know, one of my first credit lines was like um, Daniel, uh, what was it? Uh, Daniel's Jewelers, right? You had a $300 credit limit or whatever it was. Um, and, you know, that's cool too because, you know, it's only a couple hundred dollars and it's not a card that I have to spend over and over. It's just whenever I go to Daniel's, which I, you know, I only went that one time, you know? Um, and, um, 
that's a, that's something to consider too. You know, like if you if you don't really spend any money, and you don't really uh, you don't really want a credit card, that's fine. You know, open a store credit card, Target, Macy's, or whatever it is, right? Whatever these places are, these department stores, open one, three hundred dollars. Don't use it, okay? Don't use it. Just leave it open. You you know you you know yourself. You know you you know you don't you know you may mishandle certain things. Just open something like that, you know, from from Daniel Jeweler Daniel Jewelers, Daniel's I think it's called Daniel's I think right Daniel's Jewelers, um something like that. That way, it's, uh, something where you're not going consistently, you know, and um and then call it a day, right? But if you want to just be a little bit more thoughtful, you know, sit down and think about whether you want points back, you want cash back. And see what see what's out there you can get. Now this is for this is for people who you know that don't have credit, you know, who are just coming coming into adulthood. For all you other old heads, y'all should know this stuff already. But if not, it's all good. That's why I'm going over it right now. But anyways, all right. So um, total accounts. The next one is total accounts. Total accounts is a low impact. Total accounts is total accounts open and closed. So you're looking at um, credit cards, loans, every single thing, every single piece of credit that you open that shows up on your credit. Okay. Um, and, you know, open or closed. So this one actually kind of tricked me, uh, tripped me out when I first learned about it a while, um, you know, this is a long time ago. When I first went over this, I was like, hmm, total accounts. I thought the fewer accounts, you know, uh, my, my thinking was, oh, if the fewer accounts you have, the better, um, the better risk you are to a lender. No, 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 no. Lenders want to lend money to people who borrow money. Okay. And that, that makes sense. You know, that makes sense. You know, they, they want to see that your experience with borrowing money. Okay. So, um. Total accounts, what's considered, um, what's, let's see, what is this? Um, what is considered fair? So fair would be 11 to 20. 11 to 20 is considered fair. So open and close accounts, 20. 11 to 20 is fair. Excellent is 21 plus. That's a lot of accounts. Okay. For me personally, it's a lot of accounts. But it goes back to the time thing. Over time, you will, you know, apply for credit and get approved, open accounts, close accounts. You do a lot of that <clears throat> over time, right? So there's going to be car loans eventually. There's going to be mortgages probably eventually. There's going to be credit cards. There's going to be personal loans. Um, it's good. It's good to apply for credit. You know, if your goal, right? If your goal is to maximize your credit score, and we're in business, you know. So if we're in, if you're in business, you want to have a, a good credit score as the best possible credit score you possibly can. Because at some point, you're going to need some financing, 
you know, at some point, you know, I mean, and, um, you know, putting yourself in the best possible situation is the, is, is, is good. And, um, <clears throat> and just in general, it's a good thing, um, in general. So 11 to 20 open and close accounts. So this is, remember, it's just total, total credit cards, total loans, total everything open and closed. All right. So, um, yeah, you know, um, you want to increase it as much as you can. So, so my, my, uh, the idea I have behind this is, um, borrow money, borrow money. You got to borrow money. You have to, you have to borrow money. Now, you may be the kind of person that doesn't want to continue to open up lines of credit or credit cards. Then in that case, you know, do a lot of personal loans, preferably from your bank. Okay. Preferably. All right. So I don't care if it's, if they have a loan program or your, or, or credit union, you know, credit union is good too. I don't care if it's a thousand dollar loan. I don't care if it's a $2,000 loan, whatever it is. If you have the money, now this, here's the thing, like, don't, you know, don't think you're going to, you know, build your credit score without paying. Like, this, this is not free. This is not free to do. You have to pay. You're paying into the system. You, you, and, and, and what you're paying is interest. You're paying interest. You're, you have, you have, in order to get in this game, you have to pay into this game. Okay? In order to get credit, you have to have credit. In order to get better credit, you need to pay interest. So you gotta you gotta pay into the system, okay? So um, so yeah, you don't don't think you're gonna you know do this in a very cheap and 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 fast way without spending much money. Now the thing is, you need to be in a position, get yourself in a position where if you you need to get yourself in a, in a disciplined position. Okay, and I'm not saying that I, I've been disciplined the entire way through. I'm not. I'm not saying that, but I'm just saying that's what is required, you know, to play in this game and to play it without, you know, with 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 few hiccups as possible. You need to be able to be able to pay for your things. Like you, you got to make like this goes back to my episode, my episode I did a couple of couple episodes ago. Um, uh, called you you pay for it either way. Okay, you need to make more money. I talked about that in that in that episode. Is it doesn't matter how you slice it. You need to make more money. You can't you can't not make money. You know what I'm saying? Like the game is making money. Okay, and and that's the only game that's out there. If you're not making money, you're limited on every single thing. Okay, so we are. That's why we're in business. We're in business to make money and to live and you know to live the best lives. That we can possibly live. Okay. You have money. You have options. Um, you need to be able to be able to pay for shit. Okay. So if you cannot pay. A thousand. Two thousand dollars. Right. For whatever you need. You can't borrow money. See the thing about borrowing money is. You borrow when you don't need it. That's That's how the game goes. You're supposed to borrow money when you don't need the money. 
That's that's how it's supposed to be. Not saying that that happens every single time. Not saying that I do it that way every single time. But you're always in the best position when you don't need the money. That's the best time to borrow money. And that's why that's why the total accounts is so high. Because lenders want to lend to people who don't need money. That doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense on on you know, it may not make sense, but it actually does. Okay. So, um, and this is something you you know I learned and a lot of us learned about you know rich people and people with a lot of money is they borrow a lot of money, even though they have a lot of money. See, when I was poor, when I was broke, that doesn't register, right? That doesn't register to a poor poor person. Why would a rich person borrow money? That makes no sense. But it does. But I'm not about to get into all that right now. Let's say, like for example, um, let's let's say for example, like I went, you know, recently bought a new vehicle to uh, fit all my kids, right? And um, uh, I needed to, um, it, was, it was a used vehicle, but I need to buy tires, uh, or I, I wanted to buy tires, I didn't need to, but I wanted to buy brand new tires, and it cost, a, these are, you know, really expensive tires, they're about three, $400 a piece, about 1200 in total that I paid, okay? In that situation, I could've went to the bank and said, hey, you know, um, I need you know borrow two grand real quick. You know what I'm saying? So apply, borrow. And that would have that would have went on my total accounts, right? And um, that would have went there. That would have helped me there. Now I didn't. Now if I'm I should I, I paid for it. I, I didn't have to do that. I didn't do that. I'm just saying like if I was in a position, I don't have to do that for one to build my credit. Um, because we're, we're you know we're good. Uh, so, so for a person who needs to build their credit is like, yeah, you know, if they have the money right already, they'll go to the bank, borrow it, you know, or try to at least right apply and try to, and then pay for it. Right. And then, you know, probably, you know, depending on the, where they are in the other factors, right. I would recommend paying on it, paying on that 2004, you know, three or four months or six months. I would, I don't recommend six months, but I would say maybe three or four months, depending on where you are in, in the other factors, right? Um, and then just paying it off with the money that I would have paid for it already. Or I wouldn't even, you know, I will let it, I'll make one payment and then the next payment would be to pay it off just to increase my total accounts, right? But it all depends on where you're, where you're at with the other factors, right? Where are you at with your payment history? Do you have very little payment history? Then in that scenario, I would wait, I would pay on to that $2,000 for six months, you know, so I could have more payment history and then pay it off, right? And then um, if, it, if uh, um, you know, um, if my credit card usage is very high, right? I wouldn't, you know, I would use maybe the money to, to pay off my credit cards or pay down my credit cards something like that. So there's the different variations that you can go about it, but um but yeah, you know. So um that's that's one way to use credit. So you use it when you don't really need it, okay? And that's the best time to build your credit um if you need to build it, right? Um Okay. So <clears throat> let's move on to the next thing the last one very low impact on your credit is inquiries did i say very low that's not what i meant it's not very low it's just low 
not very low. So the two low impacts are total accounts and inquiries. Okay, so inquiries you want to have you know two or less on your credit report at a time, preferably, and then you, you're in you're in good shape. Okay, zero is excellent. Two is uh, two is good. Two is considered good. You know, one to two. Anything above that could be, you know, depends. Um, you know, in inquiries are are you know. Um, I'm going to assume most people know about it, but just when you apply for a, um, when you apply for credit, um, the fact that you applied, that goes in the inquiry section, right? That you inquired with a lender about credit. That's what that is. It's very tricky. Not all inquiries weigh the same. Like, for example, um, auto loan inquiries like if you um you know let's say you may and, and the thing about auto loans is that, that that i really don't like you need to like you need to make sure you you go to go to a place that doesn't run your credit with five six seven eight nine ten lenders you know um these 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 low low down card companies you know you go to these places off the streets and they run your credit with a thousand different lenders to see if they can um, get you approved so you 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 know if you go to like a Volkswagen dealer or if you go to a Nissan dealer you know that's a different scenario than if you go to uh, you know you know, Pablo Picasso's car company on the corner. You know what I mean? They're gonna they're gonna run you. You know what I'm saying? And um, and you don't want that. You don't want that. You know, you don't want that. Now, unfortunately, even at a you know a dealer, you know, um, I tend to let it be known that you know, I don't want my credit ran with a lot of different lenders. I want to try with you guys. And, and unfortunately, their protocol is to, you know, maybe run it, maybe, to, what was it, maybe like, they have to run it with, you know, the dealership, and then they run it with uh, maybe two companies. And, um, <clears throat> but, they, but the thing is, like, you know, it's like, like say for, my, my point was, even though that there, there may be, you know, a, a few different, um, a few different companies that um, that you quote unquote inquired with for an auto loan. When you go apply for a mortgage, that isn't it's not going to ding you that much, okay? It's not going to ding you that much because it's like oh, okay, this person was applying for a car loan, okay? Now, if you have a bunch of mortgage inquiries, they're gonna they're gonna look at that like okay, this may be a potential a potential fraudulent situation. So if you're running your credit for different different mortgages, and then you go to the to the last person and try to get a mortgage with them, they're gonna ask you about those inquiries. Like, yo, did you get a loan with them? Okay, do you have any paperwork? Like, cause they don't want to lend you money when another bank lends you money for the exact same thing, right? So that that's my point. That's the point that I was making.
is not all inquiries weigh the same. So it's a little bit tricky. Now, all these different factors that I went through, this is general information. I mean, there it's not, like I said, you know, credit is not static. The information about credit is not static. But if you, you know, look into these situations that we went over today, you'll be in good shape and you will learn very specific things as you go. But generally speaking, if you follow these, uh, uh, if you if you keep these factors in mind when you're moving and shaking, you will be in good shape because you're going to make decisions better than the average person. So there's 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 uh, one last thing, or maybe one of the last things I want to get into. It's about FICO score. Okay, so um, <clears throat> there's something called uh, there's a model. There's a lot of different scores out there, right? So if you go to creditkarma.com uh, and then you sign up and all that kind of stuff, they're going to give you a score for um, what is it? Equifax, um, excuse me, yeah, Equifax and TransUnion, those two credit bureaus that are on um, uh, Credit Karma. Uh, they're gonna give you credit scores, but I don't. I don't follow those credit score, credit scores. They don't use the credit scores that many banks use. See, most lenders, most not, and I won't. I don't even want to say most. I'll say many. They use a model called the FICO score eight. Okay, the FICO score eight is the model that they use. Many of them. Okay, a lot of banks use FICO score. FICO score eight. There's a lot of different FICO scores. OK, so um, my experience, I've been, you know, this is just my observation over many years. Is that my credit car karma score is generally 20 to 20 to 25 points lower than my actual FICO score um, from a bank or from an auto lender. You know, 20 to 25 points off. Okay. And it makes sense. It makes sense. I, I understand. It's just, you know, they don't want every, you know, it's just me thinking. I, I could be completely wrong on this, but I think if they actually gave your FICO score um, that, you know, many banks use, um, they could become liable, maybe, you know. Um, it's better to downplay the scores, right? To maybe humble people. Because if someone says, oh, you know, I, I, I got my score from uh, Credit Karma and um, it was a good, it was, you know, it's a FICO score, FICO score eight. And I applied for all, all these different, you know, lenders. Right. And, and they all denied me. And now my credit is ruined because of Credit Karma. They told me I had a great FICO score. You know, people come out like that. Right. And then try to put lawsuits on, you know, all this kind of stuff. So. So I get it. And then they maybe maybe they maybe they give you a lower score to humble you, to keep you from to keep the crazies from going crazy. I could be wrong about that. But anyways, they use a different um, scoring model. Credit Karma, they use like a Vantage. I think it's called Vantage three or something like that. But um, here there's a there's a uh, what is this? A. I guess a. Um, a page in the help section on Experian.com. So if you type in, what should you type in? Experian uh, FICO score disclosure in Google. I think this will pop up. 
But real quick, it says FICO scores are developed by Fair Isaac Corporation. The FICO score provided by ConsumerInfo.com, Inc., also referred to as Experian Consumer Services. I'm going to fast forward a little bit. Um, is based on FICO score. And FICO is a registered, is it a registered trademark? I think that's a little R there, I think. But anyways, FICO registered, right? Uh, score eight, unless under, otherwise noted. Many, but not all lenders use FICO score eight. In addition to FICO score eight, um, we may offer and provide other base or industry specific FICO scores, such as FICO auto scores or FICO bank card scores. Okay. The other FICO scores made available are calculated from versions of the base and industry specific FICO score models. All right, let's scroll down a little bit. Okay, so there's, so we, we've established there's different FICO scores, right? When you, a lot of these, um, you know, bank cards, like I said, FICO, FICO bank card, a lot of these, um, you know, companies that are like not traditional banks where you get like these debit cards and all that kind of stuff, they use a FICO score. There's a FICO bank score. Like a lot of times when you get a, um, this, it's not a, this is not a FICO score, but this reminded me of, um, when you, um, uh, when you, uh, apply, you know, when you go get a bank account, they run your name through a, uh, a system that all banks use to see if you, you, you know, to see if you charged off a bank account somewhere else. Right. That's another scoring model. Right. They score you on that. So you're being scored a lot. Um, uh, I'm forgetting the name of that system that the banks use to to uh, check your risk for bank accounts. Because um, if you because uh, what is it called? I forget. Anyways, this is a system that they run your name and your social through this system that the banks use and you may come up as a risk factor, you know, and if you don't come up, come up as a risk factor, then you can open a bank account. But if you, you know, charged off another bank, you know, charged off a bank account at, you know, U.S. Bank, you're trying to open a bank account at Chase Bank, they may not let you, you know. But anyways, um, that bank card, FICO bank card reminded me of that. But, you know, even these these scenarios like this, bank cards, uh, um, um opening a, a, a bank account, you know, you're, you're just being scored all the time is my, is my point. But anyways, okay. For, um, continue, I'm continuing reading here for some consumers. However, the credit rating of FICO score eight or other FICO score could vary from the score used by your lender. The statement that 90% of top lenders use FICO scores is based on a third party study of all versions of FICO scores sold to lenders, including, but not limited to Scores based on FICO score eight. Okay, so anyways, there's a uh, claim, not a claim, but a statement that 90% of top lenders use FICO scores. They're just explaining that a third party um, completed this study. So FICO scores are sold to lenders. Um, FICO scores, the base FICO scores, including the FICO score eight, range from 300 to 850. Industry-specific FICO scores range from 250 to 900. Okay, all right, cool. Uh, anything else here is important? No, not really. Okay, so yeah, so that so that's um. <clears throat> see, banks use you know a lot of banks, not all the banks use a FICO score eight model. Now another thing you have to keep in mind: 
that when you have a um a relationship already with the bank uh it's good to apply for credit with them you know if you don't have credit with them already because they use an internal score right so they're using an internal score like say if you have a bank account with uh, uh like i said um um chase right so depending on how you use your accounts you know so they 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 may um um they look at how you use your accounts as well. They have internal scores for you when you're applying for credit. So if you fall short on some areas, they may consider how well you use your accounts. Are you overdrawing your account all the time? Are you constantly depositing money all the time? Are you spending money on different things? Like, you know, are, are you um, um, are you doing a, a direct deposit into your bank account? Like how well, from their standard, how well are you using the bank? Okay. And that, you know, that can affect your credits, um, your, your, uh, your interest rate on what they offer you as well. So you want to keep that in mind. Now, it doesn't mean that it's always the best scenario to open a bank account, uh, not excuse me, a credit card, a loan, a mortgage with the bank you're already using. Because you have to also keep in mind that other banks, um, other banks uh, really want your business because they understand that generally speaking, you would go to the bank that you bank with to apply for credit. So they're going to um, other, you know, other lenders may offer uh, better uh, terms um, to you to take that business from your bank. Now, I'll tell you something real quick. Um, uh, like I said, you know, I come from retail banking. Some of my experience is retail banking. And I, I one of the things I did was, you know, I took applications for credit cards and loans and mortgages and um and facilitated that process right and um there are plenty of times you know guys would come in i remember this one guy in particular he came in he had no banking we call it banking relationship right so he had no bank accounts with the bank i was working with and um he came in and applied for i think it was i think he applied for two business credit cards I think that yeah they were yep they were business credit cards, and the bank gave him the highest possible limit that they offered on credit cards. Um, no, it's, these were these were, excuse me these were personal credit cards, so the highest possible limit on a personal credit card, and especially at that at that time at least I don't know what it is now for them, it was twenty five thousand. So he applied, got approved automatically for 25,000 bam and then uh applied for a um another credit card same time we applied back to back approved automatically for another $25,000 credit card now this this is the guy who didn't have any banking relationship okay so that's my that's the point that I'm making right so just because he could have you know I don't know where he banked before I don't know why he came to the <laughs> to the bank that I you know that I worked at maybe he heard about something you know, maybe, I don't know, but, um, he came in and he got approved, auto approved. Okay. Now for one reason or the other, he met a certain criteria that, that, you know, the bank I was working with wanted his business. 
he was a you know a good credit risk or a low credit risk for whatever reason and i don't remember his credit report and all that kind of stuff i don't remember all the details of that but the point that i'm making is it doesn't always necessarily mean you start with the bank that um that you already have a relationship with i think it's better because um um because like i said you have you know you it's, it's better to start that way you know it, it, it all depends though you know what i'm saying it all depends you know i you know it all depends and and i'll give you a clear example on, on what it, it depends on um whether you should apply for credit at the bank you're already with but i think it's better because like i said you have internal scores with the banks that you're with and and and, and, and don't think just because you overdraw on your account you know, a few times, even a lot of times, you know, that you, you get denied. If you have good credit, you have good credit. They're not gonna, you know, it'd be something that's present like, oh, okay. You know, he has a, he or she has a uh, internal score of whatever it is for that company. But, um, but, but there's limits, you know, each bank will have limits on how much credit they will give to a individual person. Okay. Um, so when you start reaching that, limit you would never know what this is they won't tell you um this is something you know unless you work there or unless you know someone on someone where who works there who is willing to share these things with you and they all and they also know this as well because not all bankers understand this stuff you know you really have to dig in and dive deep into the the company's um uh, uh um rules and protocols and procedures and and lending requirements and all that kind of stuff not it's 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 not required a lot of times of bankers you really have to dive deep into that stuff yourself or have a you know have a manager who actually cares and and you know cares about that stuff and and wants to put you up on game about it but um <clears throat> but things things are different with these banks anyways but um <clears throat> like for example that's why i say it depends on if you want to go to your bank so if you already have credit with your bank you may be at a, a at a point where it's like, well, they they're not gonna give you more money. They'll deny you, or they'll give you a very little bit. They give you a very low credit line, or a very low mortgage. You know, whatever it is. You know, they may, they're not gonna give you what you're asking for, or what's or what would be a good situation for you, because you're either maxed out or you're almost maxed out on what the maximum amount of credit they're willing to give you. So. Um, so that that honestly that that's where I'm at right now. Like I, I, uh, I am at a point where it's like, if I continue, I have like you know, my main bank, right? I may not, um, I more than likely I'm not going to get more credit from them, unless it's unless it's a very small amount, um. But I don't, I don't need a small amount, like a loan or something like that. But I don't, I don't, I'm, I'm, I'm at a point where I don't have to do all this stuff, you know. But, um, but for for the folks who want to build their credit or or new to credit, this is good for you. And I know how to, I know how to get to, I know how to get you where you want to be. You know, this is what I'm good at. Um. But um. But yeah, so I'm I'm looking at other companies. I'm looking at other banks. And, um, and, and, you know, learning about other opportunities, other banking opportunities. So I may be, uh, 
pretty much maxed out. Now, I do have a lot of credit for with one of my with, with my bank, excuse me. Um, but but they if I if I apply for a mortgage, they'll give me a mortgage, right? But if, I'm, but if I'm applying for like another like loan, a personal loan or a business loan or a credit card, a personal credit card or a business credit card or a business loan, like if I'm looking for loans like or or credit lines, uh, there may be some issues there, you know. But if I'm like, okay, you know, I'm ready for a mortgage with this company, and I don't have a mortgage with them already, they'll give me a mortgage, you know. So let me let me, let me make that clear. Um, so there's a lot to think about, but you know, but this is something to think about, you know, as you advance and you know you get to that point. But before you even get there, this is, you gotta worry about that, right? You gotta worry about that. So um, let's see. Yeah. So credit score. Um, you're never going to really know what your actual FICO 8 credit score is. Not until you actually apply for something, okay? So, you know, the credit karma is not, is not the real thing. Um, if you're at a bank and you apply um, with a banker, and if they're cool like that, they may share with you your credit score. They're not supposed to, you know, and um, but things are a little bit different. They they kind of disc you know, a lot of bank kind of a lot of banks are uh, ever since that ever since that uh, Wells Fargo fiasco. Um, when was that? When was that? That was probably well five or six years ago. That Wells Fargo fiasco. Um, banks have been very. Uh, very different in terms of um, how how they want customers to apply for 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 credit or even apply for bank accounts. They want to remove their bankers from that, and um, because a lot of bankers were doing you know nefarious things, opening accounts where they shouldn't have been. Um, and it's to the fault of Wells Fargo and not on the fault of the uh, bankers per se, because it was the, that was the culture there. And that was coming from top down. It wasn't coming from the bankers up. So it wasn't coming from the bottom up. That was actually what they did and what they were encouraged to do. But a lot of banks have kind of removed the banker from the experience and you say, hey, go online and, and just apply online. But anyways, but if you if you do happen to go inside of the bank and apply for something, if you know, if you're personable and cool with the banker, they may give you a credit score. I know I wrote down some credit scores before and slid them over to a few customers back in the day um, when I was doing that. But um, but you're never really gonna know your actual credit score. And um uh Unless you pay like Experian directly, I don't know if they have a service where they, where you pay Experian. I wouldn't, you know, if there's a service for TransUnion or Equifax, I wouldn't pay for that. Uh, Experian is 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 the cream of the crap of the credit bureaus, I guess you can say. If there's a service where they offer your credit score, your your FICO eight. I mean, read the fine print before you 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 pay for something. Um. I don't know if they offer that or not, but make sure you read the fine print and make sure you're getting what you're um, getting what you're looking for. Um, I don't I don't recommend it. I just credit karma is good enough. 
just know that it's 20 to 25 points lower than what your actual credit score is, your FICO 8, and, and keep it pushing. You don't have to, you know, um, know what your credit score actually is at any given point. You will know if you're in a good position uh, from a credit score standpoint before you apply for something. You will know if you follow these things we talked about and you um, put yourself in the best scenario, it doesn't matter what Credit Karma says. It doesn't matter what any of these other uh, credit scoring models say. You're going to know you're in a good spot. Um, you, you're just going to know. Okay? You won't know exactly what your score is, but you will know you're in a good spot to apply for something. But um, let me see. This, this episode is a bit long, but I think I'm going to leave it here. Um... You know what? Let me like I gotta touch on a few things. There's a few things I want to touch on. Um, student loans. Uh, student loans don't mean shit to a bank. Okay, so you have a you have student loans on your credit. They don't mean they don't mean anything. They do not build your credit. They don't they don't weigh much, if at all, on your credit score. Um, you know, um, I didn't really know this until I started working for a bank. Uh, well, that what I just said too. I didn't, I didn't know, I didn't know that either. But this also, I didn't know. I didn't really, um, I didn't really use credit cards until I started um working working for a bank. Um, and um. You know, one of the things that we would, uh, one of the selling points or one of the talking points, I guess you could say, maybe not selling points, talking points and um, selling someone on the idea for uh, of applying for a credit card was showing them how to use it, you know, and I, that was that was a very that knowledge and information I, I cherish a lot was the selling aspect of these credit products. Um, credit card specifically, all of it, but credit card specifically, because I really learned for myself as well. And the deeper my conviction was, the better I was able to sell the idea of, of people, um, you know, um, having people apply for credit cards. And that was, um, that was, that was, a, that was a very, that was, that was a very interesting experience, you know, um, helping people get credit cards, you know, and, um, People who didn't think they could get qualified or didn't think they would get approved for credit cards got credit cards. And um, most people who, and you know, I, I, I worked, I worked uh, early on my, my banking experience. I worked in a, um, I worked in a, both a rich and poor neighborhood. Okay, not super poor, but very uh, on a low economic um, area. Okay, however, the surrounding areas were very rich and wealthy. Okay, so there was like uh, there are rich and wealthy people who lived there too, but there's also a poor poor area too. You know, um, so so. Uh, and, and, and I'll, I'll be a little bit more specific. Um, so I used to work at a bank 
right there um, near, uh, um, this is in L.A., not too far from Inglewood, um, right on La Brea, near, near La Brea, right near La Brea, and near uh, Martin Luther King Boulevard. I think they changed it to Obama Boulevard, but at the time I was working there was Martin Luther King Boulevard. So, so you have, um, right, so you have like, you know, you have View Park and you have Windsor Hills nearby. So those are the very wealthy people, right? And then you have, uh, you know, over there where they shot Training Day, the movie Training Day, not too far. You know what I mean? And that over there, right? So, um, so there is a mix of folks, right? Mix of folks, but... Um, most of the customers who came in were very low economic status, but, but showing them how to use credit cards and, and getting them approved when they didn't think they can get approved. Right. Or when, you know, and, um, so on and so forth. But anyways, my point I was trying to make was that, uh, for folks who don't use credit cards or who are still learning, just use credit card. Just use your you get a credit card, okay, and then use it just for you know for things that you're already gonna pay for, you know bills, okay. Focus on bills. Just focus on paying your bills on it, you know. Uh, hopefully you get a card a card that gives you cash back or, or points, but you know pay your bills. Your living expenses, gas, yeah. Groceries. Be careful with groceries. You know, be careful not to spend more than you know, or buy things you wouldn't usually buy. But uh, but more so, bills. You know, your phone bill. That's you know, that's a that's a consistent payment. All right. So your your gas, electricity. If you're living on your own, um, whatever bills you have, like those things that you're gonna pay for regardless, um, and that are pretty, you know fixed or just about fixed i know utilities may not be fixed all the way but you're going to pay for your utilities regardless right so things like that focus on that okay so so that way you don't um you can learn to discipline yourself if you just focus on bills 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 that's what you use your credit card for pay off your credit card entirely all right so if you're using if you're paying for bills, okay, if you have a credit card for your bills, you need to pay your credit card entirely off. You're not carrying a balance. Because if you didn't have the credit card, you wouldn't be carrying a balance. You'd just be paying your bills all the way, right? So you're going to have to discipline yourself. You're going to have to, you know, put some put some skin in the game to be able to get the credit score you need. Like, there's no getting into this and thinking, um, Oh, I don't, I don't fully, um, there's no easy way to get into this. Like you're going to, you're, you're taking a risk. Okay. You're taking a risk of overspending. You're taking a risk of paying more interest than you should. You're taking a risk of, um, not being able to pay. You're, you're taking a risk. Like, but that's, that's the name of the game. Like you, you can't get away from that. You know, I, I used to think like, oh, maybe I can, you know, um, you know, tiptoe around the idea of trying to build my credit, but, uh, but not working hard at it. 
See, the working hard at it is the discipline factor. Like, you, 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 have, you have to do this. Like, you have to just get up in this game. The easiest way to do it is what I'm saying. Just pay bills, you know, like, just pay bills. But if you really want to uh, play this game, you're going to have to, you know, um, you're going to have to apply for some loans. You're going to have to buy, get some car loans. You're going to have to, you know, um, you're going to have to, you know, pay money, like, to these credit cards, uh, uh, like, the whole balance. You know what I'm saying? Like, I pay my, like, my credit card, I pay my whole balance every single month. And it's like, I'm at a point, you know, where it's like, I mean, it's, I'm not just paying bills. I'm paying, I, I use my credit card for every single thing. I use groceries, gas, you know, restaurants, whatever. I use, and I pay it off every single month. I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm not, I'm past that just by my bills. You know what I'm saying? So I'm, I'm paying, you know, uh, three, four grand a month, every single month on my credit card. The whole thing. Okay. But you have to do that. Like, I'm not, I'm not saying like, uh, I'm not saying you have to do that exactly what I'm, well, what I'm doing, but I'm saying like, you, you just have to like figure out how to play this game without being scared. Okay. You just got to do it. You know what I mean? You, you can't be scared. Okay. But you also have to discipline yourself, you know? And I'm not, I'm not going to sit there saying I'm just a hundred percent disciplined. I've been doing this for a long time, you know? And, and you know, uh, yeah, I've been playing the credit game for, for quite a bit of time i'm still playing it you know so i'm at a point where it's like you know i don't really think about this like that you know i don't think about it because I've, I've done what i've done and i'm you know i'm doing things how i'm doing things but if you're starting out focus on paying your bills just bills just bills okay pay off the entire balance every single month every single month okay and um yeah and, and, and I can't get into all the different situations that will work well for people. That's why I want people to reach out to me. If there's something very specific, a specific question about a specific, about their specific situation. And, you know, I'll be glad to help as much as I can to, you know, guide you to, or point you to the right direction to build and to make decisions to help you build. And to do that is to reach me at multi-channel podcast at gmail.com multi channel podcast at gmail.com um the last thing i'm going to say is um apply for credit slowly okay apply for credit slowly um we kind of already actually went over this a little bit was apply for things slowly and apply for loans um when you can already buy the things that you're going to spend money on, high ticket items. So if you can afford, you know, the jewelry that you get ready to buy or the tires on your car or the repairs or whatever it is on your car or something like that, you know, something that costs more than $1,000, um, try to get a loan for it. Take out a loan for it, you know, and build build credit up that way and um, and then pay your loan off, you know, in a couple of months. Or the next month, um, or after the first payment, rather, so that way it can show up on your credit report at least. And um, if 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 your payment history, if you're working on your payment history, you know, do that. <clears throat> but there's there's this, there's this idea of having a mix of credit on your credit report, so a mix of credit cards, a mix of 
and loans. I mean, it's pretty much all there is. I mean, it's credit cards and loans and there's mortgages as well. But most people don't have mortgages. Um, and, it, and by the way, if you have a mortgage on your on your uh, credit, you don't have to worry about a lot, a lot of these things here. Because the mortgage on your credit and you're making payments, that, that can get you to an 800 score very quickly. Just for the fact that you have a, you have a mortgage and you're paying it on time, you know. Um, you can have a mortgage on your credit report and nothing else. And have a uh, 720, 750, 760 credit score, you know. Um, you can have an 800 credit score, you know, with, with time if you have a mortgage and that's it. So, um, mortgages actually boost your credit by a lot. Um, but anyways, most people do not have mortgages though. Um, yeah. So hit me up if you have questions about this stuff. Uh, I would love to go over it with you. I'm going to eventually, eventually, I'm not putting a time on it, eventually do a, uh, podcast on business credit. Okay. So this is personal credit. Personal credit is tied to business credit. And in order to get business credit, you got to have good personal credit. Okay. So um, we'll get into that at a different time. I don't know when. I don't know when. Um, but yeah. But thank you so much, you guys, for lasting this long on the podcast. Um, this is probably the longest podcast I've done. But thank you guys so much. And I will be back with you as soon as I can. Peace.